Welcome to the Social Sex Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Caputo. Right now, I work as a curator for Make Love Not Porn, and I've been a sex educator for most of my adult life, which means I've had countless fascinating and insightful conversations with sexuality professionals from around the globe. These days, some of the conversations I enjoy most are the ones I have with people who aren't necessarily practiced at talking about sex every day. I adore the opportunity to hear about their beliefs and their questions, to problem solve alongside them and brainstorm new avenues of pleasure for them to explore. I've partnered with Make Love Not Porn, the world's first social sex video sharing platform, to create this podcast, a space to have and share more of these important conversations, to learn what great real-world sex can look like and how we can all have more of it. Welcome back, folks. I'm very excited to have another guest this week. This time, one of my first guests who is not a Make Love Not Porn star yet. You know, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But why don't you tell folks a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, So I'm Trisha. I also go by Safe Slut. Um, Mm -hmm. I made Safe Slut, this Instagram account, um, a little bit over a year ago, um, mainly to smash herpes stigma. Um, I made it after I got diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's kind of like, turned into a lot of different things, a lot of like slut shaming stuff, witchy things. Mm-hmm. I make and sell my own products, um, post semi nudes. So stay tuned because maybe I will be a make love, not porn star soon. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, that's, that's awesome though. So you mentioned that you started it right after you were diagnosed. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, what that experience was like and what it has been like to, I don't know, navigate the world sexually as a herpes positive person? I know that's a huge question. Yeah. 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 No, that's totally <laughs> Um, so I knew when I got diagnosed, I wanted to like be open about it. I knew I was going to be like public about it, but it just, it definitely took me a while to have like the courage to do it. Um, obviously. And at first I was anonymous with it for like about, I, so I got diagnosed November 2019 and I started the account in February, 2020. So I was anonymous for, I think a month. And then I was kind of just like, honestly, fuck it. Because like, it's no one has to be public about their status. It doesn't necessarily mean they're like, that's their own stigma. But I personally just felt me being anonymous about it was like my own stigma. So I wanted to talk about it. Um, so then I posted a picture of myself on that account. And then like a few months later, I posted on my personal account that I had it. Um, and the feedback has been amazing and no one was like negative. Um, it was really nice. Yeah. And I got a lot of people, um, who either were just like friends or people that I didn't really know that well, but we would just have like mutual friends, um, message me that they were like, thank you so much. Like I have, I've never told anyone I have it too, blah, blah, blah. So I think regardless of like any negative things that happen, like that, those positive moments definitely outweighed that. So don't regret it at all. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I, so you say that like, as soon as you were diagnosed, you knew that you wanted to be like vocal about it. And also you were afraid to do so right away. So like, yeah. I'm curious if you could talk a little about <laughs> like what made you so motivated to share it, why it felt so important to you. And also what were you afraid was going to happen when you did? Yeah. So I just, after doing research for the, like a day after I got it, I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. as we all, as we all do. do. Yeah. Like <laughs> read so many crazy things on Google, but everyone, like there was just so you could just see like there was so much stigma. Everyone who posts about it was like terrified about it. People were so afraid of getting it, what it means when you get it, which a lot of that information is false. Um, a lot of like herpes jokes in the media. So I was like, all right, well, I obviously want to do something about this. And I remember talking to my roommate and I was like, I'm going to be the Jonathan Van Ness of herpes. <laughs> and then Love she it. was like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
it's it just made it just made sense and I think I'm pretty open about a lot of things um so it just kind of like it's I guess it's just my personality that I'm just like very open um and I'm a Leo so I'm like let's just talk about <laughs> yeah, it so and you, be open and exactly <laughs> no that that makes a lot of sense it reminds me of a thing I've mentioned this on the show before um but a friend of mine Kate McCombs uh calls it being a beacon of permission which is just uh living loudly as who you are to role model that it's just okay to do that for other people, right? Because the people who follow you may not, the people who follow you may not, you know, go online and set up their own huge account about, you know, sex positivity and all of that. But they may feel better about themselves when they get diagnosed because they see that, oh, wow, look at you living a whole life. And it hasn't exactly. been this huge weight over Exactly. You. And I, when I got diagnosed, there was someone, I didn't know they had it until I told them. And they were like, yeah, they're like, I've literally had sex with like hundreds of people since, like no one gives a fuck. And I was like, wow, that's like, you usually don't hear someone say that. So having that kind of like support system was good for me to like know that it's okay. So I think that's another reason why I was like, all right, I want to tell people that you can still do that. Um, I think the main thing that I was afraid to um, not be anonymous anymore with it was that like previous partners would see it or, or I would just like feel like weird about them knowing that I have it or like future partners seeing it. But now I'm like, honestly, I always, before I go on a date or anything, I always like be like, look at my Instagram safe slut. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. So now I like really don't give a shit. No one care. Like literally no, like it's. I love yeah. that. I think, I think what you touched on there around, um, you know, the, having someone tell you, yeah, I still have sex all the time being so powerful because I think that is a big fear for a lot of people that like getting an STI, particularly herpes, um, is the end of a sex life. Like you're just like, well, I'm, I'm done now. No one, I am a social pariah. No one will want to touch me yeah, or come near me yeah, ever again. I felt like, yeah. I felt like I was literally never going to have sex again. Um, and actually the first time I had sex after my diagnosis, it was, uh, with a friend who's, uh, one of their like relatives got it recently. So he was like very aware of what it was. Um, but he, but just like, did, like all of it, like I was just talking to him about it all night. Like, cause we were at a show when we were still allowed to go to shows. Um, <laughs> TBT. Um, but yeah. And then he just like literally didn't care. It was like such a great experience. And in the morning I obviously was like having a panic attack about it. And he just texted me. He was like, I'm more worried about getting to work on time. And I was like, oh, that's, that's excellent. So <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, for people who are just are not familiar with herpes at all beyond the kinds of jokes we hear in the media and a lot of the stigma, can you do like, I don't know, your quick top two or three myth busting kind yeah. of things? What do, what do people need to know about herpes if they're hearing you talk and going, what do you mean it's not the end of the world? Isn't that the worst possible yeah. thing that can happen yeah. to someone? <laughs> I know. I actually just did a, a misconception things on my Instagram story last week because yeah, people, I did one post and people were freaking out about it because they didn't read the caption. They didn't understand what I was saying. So basically a main thing is that you're not always contagious. You don't always have sores um unfortunately you you're most contagious when you do have an outbreak but you are also contagious when you're asymptomatically shedding so you don't know when you're shedding um so that's that's usually when it um spreads to partners because you just don't know um but the longer you have it the less you shed so i don't know 
Yeah, most of the people I know who are positive have told me that their outbreaks, like their first outbreaks, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> and beyond that, they became pretty intermittent. Yeah, and like a lo- they tended to be milder. Yeah, after like that. obviously, I can't speak for everyone. I know some people who have like really like bad ones all the time. Um, but the, the first year I had it, I had like one or two outbreaks a month, and it was like kind of crazy um, because I'm always stressed out, and that's like my biggest trigger. Um, but now I've I think I've had one this year, and it was like it lasted a day, and I'm like cool, like I didn't even notice yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's great, and like I don't that is not. I think what people tend to expect from that because of the way we talk it yeah, up. Yeah, because like, like I feel like um, in sex education in like middle school and high school, like if we you even had it, they show you the most like insane cases possible. So I think people also think that you're gonna have like sores all over your like all over your genitals everywhere, and like which some people do, but most sure. people will have like. A little sore or some people will have something that looks like a razor burn or something so it's that's why it's also so tricky um because sometimes you just can't really tell um another i think the biggest misconception um is that you can only when you're getting tested for stis you're not getting tested for herpes so um i'll pretty much like everyone has it it's one, over one in six people in the u.s have genital herpes um but 85 percent of those people don't even know they have it so a lot of people that like when you see are like writing negative comments on like posts about herpes i'm like half the time i'm like bitch you probably have it because you've never been tested for it um so that's a huge misconception because it's mostly asymptomatic so yeah and it's not included in a standard like you go to your doctor and you say hey i'd like to be tested for stis and people assume like that that those are all the stis like they have the list i don't know they check the i don't know the what the I've heard of. I don't know. Right. Um, and herpes generally isn't on there. I've actually had doctors tell me no when I've explicitly asked to be tested. Um, and often like some have just come out and told me that, no, we won't test you because you'll probably come back positive. Like there's a somewhat high rate of false positives. And also you probably just have it. And the weight and the social stigma and everything that comes with a positive diagnosis is rarely worth it. If you're not sh- like showing symptoms, if you've never had an outbreak, we don't test you. Cause it's, it's so much to just, I don't know, tell someone that, which is wild it's so to me. Wild. I can't imagine doing that about any I know it's disease. like, imagine a doctor saying like, mm, ignorance is bliss. Like, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck? Like, <laughs> you don't know. You don't actually want to know that. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, I can't. And then like, they, they think it won't change people's behaviors. And I'm like, no, once people know they have it, like, I, like it changed my entire life of how I view and like act about sex. So I'm like, most of the time it's going right. to like change what you're doing. I mean, that doesn't make you have to stop doing what you're doing, but you just have to be more communicated, whatever. But um, right. you can think about it in context. You can make decisions in context. Yeah, right? exactly. Because like, I also find it interesting. So I've had a few people reach out that I knew who were like, oh, I only found out because I got tested for it and I've never had an outbreak. And I'm, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Like you probably have a good doctor then because they made you get tested for it. So that's cool. Yeah, because they looked into it. And there are definitely, like, I have definitely also had doctors who were great about it. Um, but it's it, it's interesting to me that it's one of the few things that they're just like, don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, I yeah, it's, 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 I can see like both sides. On the other hand, because they're like, oh, it's just herpes. Like, it's not a big deal. I right. can see them being like, whatever. But I, I just personally feel like if everyone got tested and everyone knew their status... There wouldn't be a stigma because everyone would be like, I fucking have it. Like, 
We all have right. it. It's fine. <laughs> so. Right. And there would be more communication around the actuality of yeah. it and, and the experience of it. Exactly. You mentioned a little earlier that now, like, even sometimes before a first date, you'll just send your Instagram <laughs> over and be like, hi, here, this yeah. is who I am, which I adore. <laughs> I am also that person. Like, my dating profiles just link to who I am I love on the it. internet. Um, because for me, I'm... <laughs> I prefer like yeah, I'm trans, I'm queer, I'm poly, I'm kinky, all of these. And I just followed your Instagram often... before this, and I'm like, oh, I love well, it, yeah, because it's just like it's who you are, you know. So why not be yeah. open about it? Um, and and like often those are things that may be deal breakers, and if it's going to be someone's deal breaker, I just I just want to know. I don't have time, right? Um, so I'm curious, uh, like if that is what it what has you generally sharing your Instagram first, or if it's for other reasons, and like what kind of a, reactions you yeah. got to that how it's worked out so I far. feel like I used to be like okay I'm gonna wait to tell them that I have it and because like e- even though it could be a deal breaker but I think they could get off the bat just like ghost me after we've just been talking when they don't have the facts about it so I was kind of like nervous about it but then after I was like fuck it like I have this like cool account that's like legit I guess like I don't know they can yeah. look at it and see that it's it's fine and whatnot um and I, I just feel like most of the time it's just like happened to come up in the conversation because again, like if you're super passionate about something, like I'm obviously going to talk about that in my life. So when I'm talking to people, I'm like, yeah, this is what I do. Um, so I feel like now it's just kind of come up, but then now I just put it on my profile. I'm just like, check out safe slot, like on my, <laughs> on my Tinder. Um, but yeah, so honestly, uh, the first time I disclosed, I got ghosted, but other than that, um, everyone's been like really positive about it i also feel like i live in new york city so i i just like everyone's just like very open here so there's obviously other locations that probably are not like that but yeah everyone's just been like that's cool and they're like what yeah. the fuck and i'm like yeah <laughs> yes I, uh, that's excellent and i can totally see both sides of that um because there is definitely uh i think i've heard dan savage give uh give this advice or talk about this where there there is an extent of like it's really easy to write off you know everyone with herpes or everyone who is trans or everyone who is whatever like pick a category and write it off because that's complicated and i don't want to learn about it but then you know someone and you go on a couple dates with that person and you're like well maybe it's worth learning about it for this person and maybe it's worth working through my shit and unpacking a thing for this person um so i totally understand like hanging on to it and then bringing it up a little bit later and like but when you do that i think often you are also signing up to hold their hand through figuring that stuff yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the only annoying <laughs> And sometimes part. they're worth it, but sometimes, sometimes they're not. not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. Or I've been in situations where like I have someone over, because I like, I like to like switch it up with my disclosure. So sometimes I'll actually wait until they're like in my bedroom it, um, and be like, so when were you last tested? And then, and then, and then talk about it. But last time that happened to me, so I'm probably never doing this again. Um, oh. I went on this really, it wasn't a bad date, but I guess it was a bad date because of this, but he was really nice. But, um, we were making out and I was like, so when have you last been tested? He he's 29 years old and he goes, I've never been tested 
Oh, honey. and I just laughed in his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? The, what? What are you what? doing, buddy? Like, oh, that's when you're. That's when you're like, oh, is this your first time? Yeah, I know. Like, oh, like wow, I feel so oh. honored. Um, I know. Yeah. So I was just like, wait, what? So then I disclosed, and I was like, do you have, do you have any? Like, I pretty much just, usually I'll say like a little spiel but I was like oh well I have genital herpes and I just said that and then he yeah. and he goes okay and then I was like do you have any questions and he was like no <laughs> okay buddy. And, then, and then so obviously since he's never been tested I was like cool like we're not going to do anything like we can make it out and I'll maybe give you a hand job but that's as far as we're going yeah. um so it's unfortunate because he was really nice yeah. but that just like just huge turn off and like and the thing with that is like I love the like nonchalance of like, oh, cool. That's the thing you have. Great. But what's when, especially when coupled with I've never been tested, like, I don't know the do you have any questions? No, is like, that worries. Who have, who else have you not asked questions? Exactly. To? How, and like, then, have you thought critically about your own sexual health? Yeah. It's anywhere like, prior uh, yeah, to I'm this? so down people being like, cool, you have herpes. Like, I get it. But if you have no knowledge yeah. of it, you're like, okay, whatever. What? <laughs> he was a drummer, yeah. so should have known. And I can see the inclination to, like, I don't know. I deeply empathize with anyone who is confronted with something new and scary and overwhelming and is like, yeah, no, I'm totally familiar with that. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm super chill with this. Uh huh. Yeah. No, and then is going to frantically go home and Google it. Like, I get right, that. Right. But in moments like this, I think it is super helpful to just be like, yeah. Tell me more. I don't know a ton about that. Like, oh, explain it to me like I'm five. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I bring yeah, to Yeah, no, I exactly. Yeah, which, which is like, good. You, like, you gotta, like, not dumb it down, but, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. That and one of my other favorites is people will say something to me and I'll just be like, I don't even know enough about that to formulate a question, but keep talking. <laughs> I don't. Just, just that's yeah. great. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that all makes a lot of sense. And I like, I personally, I love falling back on the just leaving it in my like, okay, Cupid bios in like the first paragraph of like, if you're not down for the shit, I don't. Cause it, I, I think there is something really powerful in being the person who is willing to sit there and like, oh, this is brand new to you. Okay. I'm, we're going to talk through it and we're going to like, you're going to have some feelings and like, at least now I'm speaking about like disclosing transness and things. But for me, it's like, you're going to have some feelings. Honestly, none of them are going to be new to me. You are a special snowflake and all of your feelings are unique to you. And that's great. I've had this conversation a bunch of times. It's going to be exhausting. So for me, <laughs> like, you're not. Yeah. Just, I personally, um, I don't know if you feel like, the same way because I get it's like disclosing different things, but I like think it's mm -hmm. fun now. I'm like, Ooh, what are you going to say? <laughs> It it depends <laughs> on the situation and my mood. Yeah, because no, there that's is true. definitely a version who is like, I don't know, because I have the things I say. They they're about the same, so it's kind of like, I don't know, throwing it into a flow chart and seeing what comes out this time. Yeah. Like, ooh, how are you going to respond? I know, to I love these it. Things? It's fun. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, especially when they're like really low low pressure interactions, because right. a lot of times. Um, and again, this is not unique to other people. This is also how I respond when I'm caught off guard with things new. But our reactions reveal a lot about ourselves and way more about ourselves than anything about the yeah, other person. Yeah, that's so true. So, so true. it's always fascinating to me to just like throw a little thing out there that's true and just 
see what that brings up in people. I know that's why <laughs> so, sometimes on uh, on Tinder, if I'm just like bored with a person, I'll be like, oh, by the way, I have herpes, mm-hmm. just to see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just to see, because you learn so much, and also it is the fastest way to endear someone to me if they respond really well or uniquely. Like if they give me an answer that I haven't heard a million times, even if they're like it's the same idea, but they like you know, articulated in an interesting way or whatever, I will become way more invested in that conversation than I could through conversations about movies or things like oh, that. Yeah. Because it's just a particular kind of trust. I'm like, oh, you're going to be cool about that? Exactly. Oh, great. Exactly. You can always get a vibe from just how someone responds, even through text, like something like that. Um, even sometimes I'll do like a social experiment where I'll just message people and just say, want to bang and just mm-hmm. see what they say. And just, just to see. see what they say. Like yeah. 10 out of 10, everyone's like, Yes. Only one person has been like, we should get to know each other first. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's right. cute. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. You just like, you learn a lot about people. Yeah. And I think especially, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about this because most of my interactions with new people have been dating apps, which is a whole new way of interacting with people. Like I was not, I had been on dating apps prior to the pandemic, but it was not like where I spent a lot of time yeah. and meeting people there now as a whole it's, new it's, thing. It's wild. I feel like I've always been like off and on depending on which like level of like heartbreak I'm at, which I feel like that's pretty much like everyone. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, with the pandemic, like it's just everyone's on there, but it's also just like a hot mess as well. It really so. is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all a hot mess yeah, right this now is though. True. Um, you mentioned in the little questionnaire I sent you earlier, um, that the pandemic has taught you the importance of solo, like your solo pleasure practice. I'm curious, I'm curious if you could tell me a little bit more about that. What did you learn? Yeah. So I actually got diagnosed with herpes a few months before the pandemic. So it kind of was Mm. a good time. I mean, it wasn't a good time for pandemic ever, obviously, (laughs) but the time off I had was a great time for me to get through that diagnosis and from that was masturbation and kind of like connecting back to myself because I feel like um during partnered sex like I've always obviously before I like masturbated like all the time but it was always just like with a vibrator like we're in we're out five minutes we did the job like maintenance yeah, maintenance orgasms. exactly yeah. <laughs> um, but I never really was like down to go acoustic all the time with just my hands so I was like that's just it's gonna take too long that's too hard <laughs> <sighs> It's, you're making a decision to sit down like and you're like, really that's doing an it you're investing some time yeah. um but yeah so then i i read this book pussy reclamation um by regina thomas Howard, i think is her last name um and it's a good book um just for like reconnecting to yourself whether um you went through a herpes diagnosis or just like in general um so after reading that i just realized yeah how important it is and in partnered sex i was always more focused on the other person and not myself so i never prioritized my pleasure um so now i'm like i prefer solo sex i think right now honestly <laughs> yeah cuz they're two totally different it's so different yeah yeah, yeah. it's just like my me time yeah oh that's excellent and i imagine there really was some um... I, I imagine it could be really easy to experience some sort of disconnection with your body right around a diagnosis and not necessarily feel it as a place of safety and pleasure as much because it is something that is like causing you pain and also bringing all yeah, of the shame just, and it's stigma. It's just like a lot. And, I, and the main thing also is I feel like 
when you're first diagnosed like I know I feel like a lot of people follow this too like you're so scared to like touch yourself because you're like I don't want to get it on my hands because you can get it on your hands you can spread it to your eye like it's just like that just like fear mixed with the emotions and just like not feeling hot um but now it I could see my genitals just like feeling like a quarantine yeah. area. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They're just everything was quarantined. Like, quarantine. It's just like this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. I could totally get yeah. that. So, um, so I'm sure this kind of exploration of uh, kind of self pleasure on your own helped you reconnect with mm-hmm. that. It sounded yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. And then starting the account, I, um, I got a lot of new sex toys because accounts would be like, oh, we'll send you this. You want to post about it? And I'm like, okay yeah cool. <laughs> so That's i have excellent. quite the collection now and yeah i love it <laughs> do you have a uh do you have a favorite that uh, you want to shout out i do out? have a favorite but i don't remember the name of it I, it's i i oh, bought no. it so i i had i got matching ones with my roommate because we went to a sex I shop after i was diagnosed um cute. it was really cute and we both immediately got home and used it like in our own rooms mm-hmm. we like we were like two minutes later oh, we were like that. what the fuck <laughs> this was amazing um oh that's I don't great remember what, i don't remember what it's called it, it like i have no idea but it's just like a nice it's not a bullet vibrator because it's like bigger it's like you can use it for g-spot or clit stuff so it's nice. just kind of like an all-around all-around dude that's we excellent yeah, I'm glad. And I'm glad that like you had a local shop to stop by and grab stuff. Yeah. I um I have mentioned a great many times my background is in retail, but I love the little um for me, I uh worked in like a little education focused community shop, uh Babeland, one of the first sex shops uh, in the country. Too. I've yet to go. There's one um, there's one in Brooklyn and yeah, there's Lower East Side. Brooklyn. Yep, Lower East Side and Soho. Why have I, I not gone store. yet? You got it. I know. I need to. I love Babeland. I do love anytime I go on a road trip. Just if I see like the CD side of the highway. Me too. Ones, that's that's the best. That's the best. There's always like two just like random ass people in there who look really sketchy, yeah. and you're like, what the fuck? And like, there's always like. Sometimes you get the sections of like weird porn and magazines, which are always fun to go through, and you get weird shit. Um, and there's also I'll find like. I've sometimes found weird discount bins with like old toys from companies that don't exist anymore That's cool. or whatever, but like the toy was solid and I've been in sex toys for a minute. So I'll like see like vintage stuff. I'm like, oh shit, look at this weird That's thing. That's so like, cool. I, uh, I, yeah, it's very silly. I uh, collect VHSs. So I am in like some like horror movie VHS groups on Facebook oh. and a few like 50 year olds were like, I'm selling my old porn tapes and I'm like, give them to me. I'll buy them. Yes. So I have oh like, my God, I, I did a that. photo shoot with some of my porn tapes yesterday. <laughs> That's amazing. It was really cool. So there's like, there's one um, called the power of pussy. And on the, on the oh thing, it God. says slut. And then it says squirt. And then it says ouch uh, on the cover. It's just so great. I love that so much. I know. It, it's awesome. Um, oh, I have uh, a DVD, but of a Alice in Wonderland musical porno from amazing. the 70s. Uh, it's just I have not watched it in a very long time and it's one of those things that in much the same way I would feel about revisiting a movie from the 70s I'm like this may be a delight the delight that I remember it to be it may be uh, an adventure I haven't looked at it in like a decade however I love it that's so cool I definitely want to because it's very silly Um, but no to go back to the CD sex shops 
if you, I've been on a few road trips where I'd be like in the middle of nowhere and there'd be one. Did you ever notice that there's like crazy um, billboards about like religious stuff close by yeah. and then you'll see the sex shop and you're like, iconic. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, I love that. And there's always like, they're, well, they're always in the middle of nowhere because there's all these weird zoning laws around them um, where they have to wind up in these like, you know, side of the highway kind of things. But yeah, I just love little weird glimmers into sex history. Like they, I know a lot of sex nerds that will only go to like the, you know, Bougie. No, I want campy. Ed- I want campy. Things. I want girls. I want I'm dirty. Like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they both have a very different time and a right. place. And I go to them for very different needs. But uh, I was just bemoaning how I don't know how to buy jock straps anymore. Because I was like, I don't know. I go to the neighborhood and find a CD sex shop, and that's where jock straps live. How do you buy jock straps during a pandemic? I know you you're like, where? Um, like, I guess the internet. It's I don't not as know. fun unless you're in person. But um, I this was a while ago when I was in Montreal. But there's a really good sex shop in Montreal. It's in the gay village. Mm. It's mainly. I mean, it's not geared toward people with vulvas. It's just, mm-hmm. but that's fine. But there's, they had like yeah. VHS stuff too. I'm pretty sure. I forget, I forget what it's oh, called, but great. it was, it was really great. <laughs> there are a couple stores in Toronto that I really like, um, in the gayerhood for that. Like I go to every time I'm up there because the conversion rate also works in my favor. So I just get like exorbitant fetish wear in other countries. It. So it's yeah. cheaper. It's so yeah. true. Um, but one of the things you mentioned there was that um, you had taken some nudes with these VHS, VHS <laughs> yeah. tapes, which I love. <laughs> but uh, you had mentioned in the little survey that we ask what makes you feel sexiest, I think. And you had said taking nudes. And I'm really curious, is like it's a check in your egg kind of thing, right? Do you take nudes because you feel sexy or is it something you turn to when you want to feel sexy? I feel like both. I feel like like when oh, I when more. I have a herpes outbreak, I always make sure to take a nude because I'm like, wow, like a lot of one post photo I've actually posted. It's not a nude, but like my nips were out. So it was like looked kind of hot. I put that I had a herpes outbreak during that. And I was like, I'm gonna post this because this looks really good. Um, and then I felt hot after the fact. So that and then also just because when I'm feeling hot, I'm like, well, I got to take a nude now. So, right, yeah, right. a little bit of both, a little bit of both. <laughs> Yeah, I I get that because I definitely do um, have days where uh, like I I think it is I think it makes sense to a lot of people, right? When you're feeling good, you're like, oh, yeah, I want to take hot pictures of myself and some of those will be naked because I'm hot naked. Um, But I think the other one kind of comes a little bit less naturally to people, but it's something I find is true as well that like if I'm feeling, I don't know, all right, but like I sit down and want to take some pictures of myself and like... um, I am able to, like, sometimes it takes a minute. Sometimes the first couple, I'm like, oh, Oh, I take, like, (laughs) 80,000 photos, like, every single time. I'm like, you got to get the right angle. (laughs) Yeah. I take, every time I take a picture, I take... I don't know, you know, two or three generally. But like, if I'm like, I'm going to take a couple of nudes, I usually take like 60, me too. 70, no, and then I call it down to like me six. Too. I, I'm like, oh, these uh, are My beautiful. trick is like, I'll go through it and I'll like love, love it so that I can go through and then delete them all at once with the ones I didn't love. So it's quicker. Um, but yeah, if someone went through my photos, they'd be like, what the fuck? All of my selfies are, there's like 80 <laughs> at a time. There's like nudes, 80. Nope. Because I'm like, got to get the right one. <laughs> yeah, because it's, a, and and I found like, I don't know. It that made me so much more comfortable taking pictures because I was able to see rather than I don't know in the past when I first 
started exploring with this stuff, I would take one or two pictures and be like, oh God, that is what I look like. (laughs) And when I do this, I'm like, that's what I look like for a second. That's what I look like for a second. Oh, some seconds I look like that. Oh, but some seconds I look like that. God damn. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm able to see like, I don't know, understand the variety of ways my face and body can look versus just like oh god this one is the end all be all and i hate yeah, it yeah exactly because it's also like photos are like can like distort you or like it's it's just yeah it's, yeah perception is a weird yeah, thing yeah <laughs> especially through the lens of a camera mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for joining me for this. Uh, is there anything you wanted to talk about before we wrap up that I didn't ask um, you about? I feel like we covered a lot, but I always like to leave off um, on podcasts. If like there's anyone listening to this that just got diagnosed with herpes, you can still be a hoe. That's like my thing. Yes. You can still be a hoe. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's just, I'm going to take that into with the rest of the day with me. I'm just going to be like going about my life and I'm just going to hear you be like, you can still be you a hoe. Like, out. you know what? I can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. It's just, it's just a good perspective for me to have about my day. Love. <laughs> um, if folks want to uh, find you online, where can they do that and see you being clever? Yeah, so I am on Instagram at safe.slut. Um, my website is safeslut.shop. Um, I also have Twitter. I think it's safe underscore slut. I don't know. I don't even use it. So that's, that's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> <Yeah>. all right. <laughs> um, what do you sell at your shop? What can people buy um, from So you? I make vulva healing oil. So it was designed for people with outbreaks, but you can also use it. Um, you don't even have to have a vulva. You can use it. You, um, you can use it on like arms. I use it like on eczema. So it just like a healing oil. I, in general mm. that and then i also make Excellent. tinctures um so like sleep tinctures anxiety um nervous system support so a bunch of like herbal witchy things amazing yeah. excellent yeah. thank you so much for yeah, joining okay. me i'll talk yeah, to you soon thank you the social sex revolution podcast is brought to you by make love not porn the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated social sex video sharing platform. We're what Facebook would be if it allowed you to socially sexually self-express. The window you've always wanted onto how we all have sex in the real world. It's funny, messy, beautiful, awkward, comical, moving, inspiring. See for yourself why we're self-help for your sex life at makelovenotporn.tv. Okay, welcome back to Curation Corner, folks. I'm really excited this week. I was trying to come up with a topic to talk to you about, Ariel, and I just, this last interview I had had me thinking about a couple of different videos that I really enjoyed and got me thinking down kind of the rabbit hole of videos that are very unique to our site that you can only find here. Um, And there are quite a few of those. Uh, But what came to mind initially um, with this conversation with Safe Slut is, uh, do you remember, uh, this is from a couple years back, but the video from Colin Gray on five tips to stay sexy with a cold sore. I do. I love that video. I actually recommended that to Safe Slut when she first came on as an ambassador of like, you know, this very 
general approach to kind of herpes awareness or just kind of like navigating health stuff in sexual um relation I don't know why I just said sexual like that <laughs> sexual relationships um I really like that video I think it's really cute really informative and addresses something head-on that a lot of people you know have to navigate in a way that's really approachable and cute and real mm-hmm. I love and I love how candid it is and the way that it can I don't know I feel like a lot of the sex education around STI awareness and anything like that, it tends to be very clinical um, at best or fear-mongering at worst. Um, And it was fun to see something that was just openly sexy and fun and matter-of-fact about that as a part of their lives. Yeah, totally. And I also like that it didn't treat it as this like huge obstacle of this huge, you know, burden. It was just like, okay, this is what to do when you have a cold sore flare-up you know, just very matter of fact and very like, and (laughs) which I really appreciate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we had, uh, so later on in the conversation, we talked about VHS porn, which reminded me of the whole VH sex series that we have on make love, not porn. We got a couple new videos recently, but I think the first ones were from a ways back. Um, And that is from Obadiah27, who uh, shared, they digitized a bunch of videos they had filmed on VHS back when they got a camcorder in the 80s after they got married. Um, And it's, there's such a cute little time capsule of what their sex life looked like at that time. Yeah, I love that whole series. I think that the camcorder was actually a gift, like a wedding gift, which makes it even that much more fun. And I think that that video is, all those videos are just such a cool example of um, sexuality in that era, like the pubic hair and the hairstyles, like not pubic hairstyles. And I think that that also just speaks to how sex videos in particular can be such a cool archive of a time period. Like it shows furniture, it shows fashion it shows all these things that we don't really think about when um we're watching sex videos of them being very indicative of an era but i really love love that whole series just in showing you know these like horny newlyweds in the 80s like having the time of their lives on vhs if we got an influx of like newlywed sex videos from like the 80s 90s on VHS I would be so so happy happy. oh I'd be (laughs) delighted that would be like the best week at work that would be so fun it would be so fun and I also I think that they were like super excited when they found more videos to submit to us like they didn't even know that they had more and it's just such a fun trip down memory lane and I'm really happy we have those videos they're so fun yeah, and I it it reminds me of we've definitely had this conversation with some of the other guests on the show as well about how they they look at these sex videos as these kind of mementos because yeah you see these snippets of I don't know the the trends at the time but you also see the sexual trends at the time right in as much as we're filming our real world sex our sex lives just like the rest of our lives are influenced by our culture and our media and our sexual media right and it's it's really fascinating to see i don't know i can look back at things i've uh said and done in dif- different times of my life and i can look back at the sex i was having at those times as well and see interesting parallels about where i was in my life and where the world was at and everything and it's i'm a nerd and it's fascinating <laughs> yeah that's so interesting i mean i would love to have more 80s videos just to even have a larger sample of what sex looked like then because we really only have that one 
that one example, but I know, I know make love not porn is about to hit our 10 year anniversary next year. So I'd even be curious to look at like the now and then of like most common things shared. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, it would absolutely be fascinating. Um, I'm curious what videos came to mind for you when I was talking about things that you could only find on our site. Okay, well, the first video that came to mind was um, this like very bizarre video <laughs> that I <laughs> talk about all the time, which is um, Skno One. Yes. I don't know if that's how you say it. S K N O One. I'm like laughing thinking about it. The horse video, the road trip mm-hmm. horse video, mm-hmm. where she's on a road trip and she, you know, decides to pull over and rub one out and pulls over in this like field of ponies and like the UK <laughs> and the horses are like what the fuck is going on and this like beautiful like tiny like plump white Welsh pony comes over and it's like sticking his head in the window and she's like still really trying to get off like very <laughs> earnestly and it's just like so ridiculous and funny and weird and I love that video I recommend yes. that a lot <laughs> I, I love it because she's she's sitting there you see she's like feels like she's had this secluded thing, you know, oh, it's just me. I'm alone. There's, you know, some ponies, whatever. And then it comes to the window and she's like, oh, look at that cute little pony. And then it starts sticking its head in the window and she's like, um, um, excuse me. (laughs) And you can hear her start to be like, okay, this is a large animal very close to me. (laughs) And and finally, she just kind of like slowly closes the window, just like to tap the chin, like that. So it backs out and she's like, I'm just going to back slowly away and just go back to my own time now. Thank you. This was lovely. Goodbye. (laughs) It's like also the fact that she was alone when all of that's happening. Like, it's just so funny and weird and I I'm so glad we have that video on make love not porn because I also think the premise is kind of unique of just like pulling over to like have a little jerk off sesh and then introducing like nosy ponies into it it's just a really really specific video <laughs> it reminds me I grew up in Texas and there was these like drive-through safaris that you would drive through and like look at like zebras or whatever and it was like an x-rated version of that it was very <laughs> funny <laughs> and I love it because it is the kind of I don't know it feels like the kind of silly internet video that like I would be used to seeing on YouTube or something except someone's junk is out so it can't be anywhere else right um, right but it, it's just such a silly little snippet of i can't believe that happened except i can totally believe that happened that like and I, you can there like her tone of voice is so relatable and everything like you it it feels yeah it it feels particularly unique and also like something I've seen on the internet a million times, if that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes total sense. I feel like I was thinking about this conversation and thinking about that video um, ahead of our, our call. And I was thinking that like so many videos on Make Love Not Porn, I feel like could be on a, like America's blooper reel sex edition. <laughs> and I think we talked about humor in a past um, podcast episode, but I really love that Make Love Not Porn really highlights sometimes all the things that go wrong and how people, you know, react to that. And I think that that's really special. And that's, you know, what really stood out to me about that, that video in particular about the ponies is just like, it's so weird and also so relatable. And it's that combination that I think is really um, interesting Mm -hmm. and amusing. Yes. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that came to mind for me, um, 
when I was looking at this was Hannibal tried their um, Love is Art kit on the oh my God, side. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so th- what these kits are, we've, we've both sold them, I think, in the, in the past. Um, but what they are are these kits of, um, they come with a large canvas and a couple of tubes of body-safe paint. And the idea is you scatter the paint on the canvas and have sex on the canvas and then have really cool modern art and also great sex or abstract art. I don't know how art works. Um, <laughs> paint splatters, Jackson Pollock looking fuck. Um, so... It's, it's this really cool thing that like sounds super fun and looks really cool when it's happening and is not a thing you get to see done all that often. So like being able to, it's, it's something that I've picked up. I have one in the other room that I haven't tried yet and being able to see someone else try it and know what to expect and see the ways that like, yeah, sometimes it was kind of slippery and they had to like struggle to like, oh, and they didn't, they did, forgot to leave the booties nearby. So they tracked paint through the house trying to rinse off. Right. I need to remember to do it differently that time. Right. It, it's like I would look up a YouTube how to for any other product that I'm using for the first time. And this is kind of an opportunity to do that. Yeah, totally. It's also it's blue paint, which I feel like is important for people to see, <laughs> to know when they're visualizing this. <laughs> is it's kind of like Smurf-esque and in and later on as the video goes on, because they're just covered in blue paint. And yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's something that you definitely don't get to see. And I, I really appreciate that video too. It's it's a lot of fun. And they're also having a really good time doing it. Like they they think it's funny too. Yeah, it it deeply keys into um my the way I feel that sex is just grown up playtime sometimes. Um totally. it, and it very much has that energy for me. So if you want to see that video and all of the other ones we've mentioned, as well as a list of 15 of Safe Slut's favorite Make Love Not Porn videos, you can sign up for our emails and head over to makelovenotporn.tv. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the Social Sex Revolution Podcast. For questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can drop us a line at podcast at makelovenotporn.com. We'd love to hear from you. I have been Bex Caputo. You can find me at bextalksex.com or on my other weekly podcast, The Dildorks, for dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating with sex journalist and my best friend, Kate Sloan. You can join the social sex revolution at makelovenotporn.tv to get inspired by how we all have sex in the real world. To see some goodies we've collected for you and to take advantage of a special offer just for podcast listeners, you can go to makelovenotporn.tv slash podcast. See you next week.